One of the hidden gems in the world of business and in the world of sales is knowing how to do barter and how to do it right. Now, here's the thing. The good news for you is most business owners and most salespeople don't understand the language pattern, and you can learn it pretty easily. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. I'm coming to you live from my studio, and I figured today I would talk to you about a form of currency that a lot of people don't understand in life and business, but it really affects the ability for you to close deals and how you close deals. And there's going to be a time where you don't necessarily have the cash for the things that you want to do, and you don't have the money for the things that you want to do, and it doesn't always make sense to go to the bank and get some sort of credit. One of the things you could do is you could use the ability to barter. And I will tell you that this is more of a a lost form art than people consider. Because like you go back 200 years, not everybody had cash. Not everybody had the capability of of figuring a way to close deals. So they might have gone to the market and they might have traded eggs for building materials. They might have traded chickens for implements. They might have traded, you know time working out on the field for some help building a house. Like barter was used a lot. And we're in a society now where it's not used as often as it could be. And it could be used to your advantage. You know, you you have something inside of you, inside of your house or inside of your office that people want. And they may not have money either, or they may not want to outlay the cash. But what they will do is they will, they will, form up a deal with you. They will figure out some sort of barter. And the cool thing about barter is, you know, it's all value based upon what your value is versus what the other person's value is. And their value may be greater than what you may think what your idea or your product is worth. You know, in in the world of barter, it's not how you value it to as much of an extent as how much the other person values it. Now, you do have some influence over that. You do have the ability to make that barter work to your favor. Now, here's the thing. There is somewhat of a different language in barter than there is in sales and there is in anything else. And I'm not saying it's a huge difference. I am saying that there is a difference that you you do have to learn, that you do have to get used to. And a true closer is going to be fluid in all sorts of deal making. A true closer is going to be good in barter, which is kind of like money for nothing. Uh, Jay Abraham refers to it as the ultimate checkbook. A true closer is going to have the ability to talk about easy payment plans, also known as credit. A true closer is going to know how to to talk in deals. You know, think in terms of something like Shark Tank, where somebody's coming in and saying, for a trade of equity, you know, I'll give you this much of my company for, for some money. Um, think about like in terms of emotions, because there is an element of emotions in the conversation when it comes to squaring up the deal for a barter. 
A true closer is going to be good in negotiations. They're going to figure out how to make a deal go back and forth, uh, right to left, front to back, and, and make it happen. A true closer is going to be good in objections. Because like an objection is a form of deal making. An objection is, I'm not going to do that. And then the salesperson is going to come back and say, if you can't do, you know, 10, what could you do? I mean, that this is a form of deal making. Presentation, what to present and how to present. Last on the list is going to be trade. That could be, I will give you my product plus cash or plus, you know, a, a different item for your product, or you're going to give me your product plus cash or a different item. And, you know, here's the thing. When you know how to have all of these conversations or a good majority of them, it gives you the ability to go anywhere and do anything. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all in problem solving. It's all in figuring out where the pieces are for the puzzle to get somebody to move forward and to take some action. What you're going to find is most salespeople are good at like two or three of these. A closer is going to be good with, let's say, 90% of these on the list. And they might be working towards a few more. And some of these overlap. They they cross-pollinate, so to speak. But, you know, most people don't think of it in terms of, like, what happened? What would happen if cash disappeared tomorrow? What would happen if the credit markets freezed up? Now, the the markets in the United States typically change roughly, let's say, every 10 to 15 years. And when the economy tumbles, most people are, are caught on the easy way to sell, which is going to be cash and credit. And when you're up on different language patterns and different ways to make things happen, you're not going to be stuck like everybody else. Everybody else is going to be like, oh, the market's frozen. I can't do anything. And then you could go into full on deal maker mode, full on closer mode and say, time out. Like there's more that we could do here. You know, you could, you could be, uh, the person in the middle. You could be the person who's making the deals for yourself. You could be the person who's doing the barter deals for your company. And at the end of the day, because you know more language patterns, you're more valuable. And so like when someone's like, well, you know, we're going to have to lay off salespeople. You can say, hey, if you want to lay me off, that's fine, but I'm going to go make deals somewhere else. Or you could prove your value by saying like, look, uh, all these other people didn't bring anything to the table and look what I was able to bring. A lot of times people just, when it comes to anything, they just don't know where to start. They don't know where to begin the conversation. Okay, so, you know, people say, hey, Scott, I don't know how to start. I don't know what I should do from here. And I'm going to give you some clues. I'm going to give you some ideas. So you're going to go in your house. You're going to look for 20 items in your house that have value or 20 items in your office that have value that you're not necessarily uh, tied to. And I was in my garage last night, so I'm going to give you some ideas of things that I'm going to put up for trade or barter this week. And I have a wakeboard. Now, you use a wakeboard behind a boat, behind the wake. And I think I probably paid 250 bucks for this wakeboard. And it's a couple years old. And it's got probably $45, $50 worth of value. And so let's say that I take this wakeboard and I put it up online in a forum and say, hey, I'm, I'm open to barter. Well, somebody could come to me and say, hey, Scott, I've got a whole stack of records that I'm willing to, to barter with you for. I'm willing to make a deal with you for. And I'd say, okay. You know, sounds like a sounds like a thing that I might want to do. And I take a look at it and these records have a value of about a hundred bucks. Well, you know, I pay hey, to me, that's a win. And somebody may come to me and say, you know, I really want that wakeboard. I've got four hundred dollars worth of baby's clothes. And I'm sitting there thinking, what would I do with baby's clothes? I don't have a kid. But like, okay, four hundred dollars value. What could I realistically get out of value for those baby's clothes? Well, I mean, 
$400 value of baby's clothes could realistically on the market be worth 200 bucks. So it just, it really depends upon what you want. Like, do I want records? It depends upon who the records are from. Cause I got 3,500 records at home. Do I want baby's clothes? Not necessarily, but I might be able to take those clothes and I might be able to flip them for something else. And so, you know, your job is to go ahead and go work some deals. And the reason that I say go find some items that have low value or no value to you is because uh, sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to hit the the jackpot and sometimes it's just, it's not going to work out and you're going to, you're going to pick a loser. And if you pick something in your home that's got good value to you, then you know you're gonna feel like uh, I just got my I just got my soul crushed and I traded this. And you know you can't always get caught up in the win. You can't always get caught up in you know I didn't I didn't get everything that I wanted because remember this stuff's got low value or no value to you. But in these deals, there's some things that you want to look for. There's some things that you want to to pay attention to. Okay, so first is word tracks. Uh, you know, when you watch politicians, they always say it's not this, it's that. That's a word track. You're going to want to start paying attention to what people say. And if they say something that's pretty good, you might not have ever considered using that in the sales process. And if it works in one place, it may work in another. So sales tracks is always a good place to look at. Body language. And if you've done sales long enough, you're going to pick up on some of this. You're looking for excitement, reject, rejection, loss of interest. Timing. This is something that can help you out in the world of sales as well, because how soon did they talk and how soon did they react? Rejection. Where was it that you went too far? Where was it that you went over the top and you're like, okay, I lost them here. And part of rejection is being able to reel them back in. Story. Now this, this is where things get really interesting and barter. This is where people will use uh, things against you, which on the next on this list is emotions. This is where people will tell you what they're planning on using stuff for. Whenever you do a, a deal out of a group or out of a place like Craigslist or the Canadian version or wherever you are in your country, I don't know where, where you're at. I mean, I, I see people on my podcast here from Australia, Malaysia, Italy, like uh, Europe, um, Middle East, I mean, people from all over the world, wherever your version is, that you have some sort of market of bazaar that you could go trade at. But people will come to you and what they're going to do is they're going to use story to their advantage. And so you have to be prepared for this. They're going to give you a sad sob story. They're going to they're gonna use the, the story to stoke emotions in you to, to get and work a better deal. And you got to pay attention to what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and the things that they're going to say. Are they trying to make you feel bad? Are they trying to make you feel happy? How, how are they using stories to help close that arrangement, that trade, that barter with you? And then last on this list is how fast did they say yes? Because sometimes you may not have asked for the best terms. And once again, this is why you use things that you really don't necessarily care about around the house. Otherwise, you're going to get too tied up in this and you're not going to take this as the lesson. And you're going to need, like I said, about 50 different transactions to get used to this conversation. And people say, well, Scott, I don't think I need 50. I'm like, okay, fine, then do 40. Well, Scott, I don't think I need to do 40. I'm just, I'm telling you what I've learned from dealing with people and having this conversation and coaching people to do this. It takes about 50 deals to get used to things. And I promise you, being out in the field in the world of sales, you're going to have another language and another form of conversation that's going to make you that much better. Okay. So part of this, you may get texts or you may get emails and you do want to pay attention to 
what people are doing because there are some scam artists out there. But you want to look at descriptions and stories. Now, one of the things that you, you could look up, and I will put a link of this in the description, is there was a Medium story. And Medium is a, a website where they do blogging. And there was a guy in 2006 named Rob Walker. And he was able to use stories to mark up items 6,395%. Like, think about that. By being able to tell a story and attaching a story to items, he was able to increase the value of the product. So this is where this is huge for you. If you're like, Scott, I'm a salesperson and I think I got all the good sales skills in the world, I'm going to tell you, this is the one place that most people don't look to. And this is one of the hidden gems out in the world of sales. Okay. So look at the stories that they're using. What went right? What went wrong? How could you use those concepts or ideas to help you close deals? And, you know, just a couple of other items that your value isn't necessarily their value. You, like for me, I gave you the wakeboard example. And for me, in my mind, that thing's worth 50 bucks. But somebody may come to me and offer me $400 worth of value for baby's clothes or $200,000 worth of tools or you know, uh, $150 worth of tires, you never know what people are going to offer. You never know what people are going to get. You never know what people are going to put to a value to something that has no value to you. So you can't get too caught up in it. And you like, sometimes people get really rude when you make an offer. And that's part of the thing that you got to get used to as well with making these 50 deals. One of the things is you never bring cash. So if you're going to do some sort of a barter deal, uh, my belief is like try to get value straight across for what you have, but you never bring cash. It's always your job to sell the value of the item of what you have. One of the ideas to think about is you don't ever bring cash, but it's okay if the person offers you for something in barter or trade plus cash from themselves, maybe even gift cards. Now let's just say for a moment that somebody makes you an offer and it's not appealing to you. You know, you can go back to the table with them and arrange something different and say, hey, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for this, but what more could you include? And you throw it on them. What more could you do to make this happen? And a lot of times, they're, what they're doing is they're testing. They're seeing where your boundaries are. And just like in sales, there's a volley. There's a back and forth. There's I'm going to do this. They're going to do that. And it all comes down to you remaining calm and being able to talk through what you're looking for and selling your idea. When it comes to making a deal with barter, you always want to move up on your value scale. You always want to get something that's worth more than what you have to offer. So I'm going to give you an example. This doesn't mean it's going to be the right example. It's just going to be an example. Let's say that I set an arbitrary number at 20%. I say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to barter with my wakeboard. In my mind, it has a value of 50 bucks and I want a 20% increase over on that. So if I get $60, I'm okay with it. Your job is to figure out roughly what value in your head that that product could be worth and what it could be worth to the other person. You know, you may have to put some information out there in different areas and regions to see what that value is worth if somebody's coming to you with a big ticket item. So one of the things that you could do is you could do some research. And there's a website called Search Tempest. Search Tempest is not related to Craigslist, but it is the search engine for Craigslist. And you could go in and you could search the value of what something is in the market outside of your area. You could set some parameters. And like I live in Sacramento most of the time. So like sometimes somebody may pay more in the Bay Area. So I might have to make a drive. It's 90 miles from here to San Francisco. And on a day with no traffic, it's about two hours. On a day with traffic, it could be three, three and a half. 
but I might be able to get more value out of a different city. And so you could go to Search Tempest and you could lock down a zip code and you can look for a parameter and it could give you some ideas. So like, let's say that somebody texts you and says, hey, Scott, I see you got a wakeboard and I'm willing to give you some turntables. Well, you know, if it's a Technics 1200 Mark 3, 4, or 5, I'm like, I'm down, let's do it, right? That's a, that's a good turntable, brand new. Those things were four and $600, right? I got 3,500 records in my house. A turntable might, might, might be nice. You know, there's always DJs looking for those. So you could look up to the demand. You could go online and say, well, what's that thing worth on the open market? Well, you could use Search Tempest and figure it out. You could say, oh, okay. Even though those things were brand new at four, five, and 600 bucks, depending upon the model, they're still trading for about 250 to $300. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's going to be a good deal. So you're always wanting to get your, your percentage plus a little bit. But here's the thing. Most salespeople will never think of this. Most salespeople will think like, I want to do a side hustle, but they won't, they won't figure out a way to figure out the language of sales. And when you have one extra language, it's one more thing for you to fall back on inside of a deal. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.